You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology and WMR.FM. It's the uh, 7th day of April, 2022. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and I'm joined today by uh, Christine Schackinger from Sites, from Sites Without Walls. Um, Dave Davies from uh, Weights and Biases is in a meeting right now, uh, so he wasn't able to come for the recording of the show, but Christine, thank you so much for sitting in. Thank you for having me. I always like to join you guys. Oh, it's always lovely when you're here, and uh, uh, we have a, a lot to go through. The weird thing about today's show is I don't... Recently, there's been a whole bunch of, like, you'd almost feel like you'd feel a theme forming for the show as we go through, like, either the news or through our interview. And today just feels like there's a whole bunch of stuff, but no real um, theme. Um, I've got some sad news to start with. Um, Well-known uh, conference organizer uh, Vasil Lazarov died earlier this week at age 40. Details of his death are, are unavailable at this time. But uh, Vassal organized brand growth, B2B growth, and uh, the, the best known of, uh, of his conferences was the Growth Marketing Conference. He was a uh, community advocate. He uh, did fundraisers for, for, for mental health uh, awareness and for, for um, uh, mental health intervention. And, um, you know, he will be very much missed. So uh, Vassal Azarov, age 40, um, rest in peace. So where do you want to start, Christine? There's so much out there to talk about today. Oh, wow, about, I know, right? <laughs> social media, I think, is the... Uh, the, 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 the <laughs> it defines so much of the world that we live and work in. It defines so much of our worldviews, and it's having greater um, impact on uh, advertisers' choices and, and, and thus consumer choices. Um, let's start with the biggie, the... Uh, the massive, massive purchase of what nine point one, nine point three percent of Twitter by Elon Musk the other day. Yeah, he's also under an SEC review for violations for that purchase. Mm, probably. That's, that's, <laughs> um, no, he is. He is under. He didn't file a disclosure form. 
So, so he what do you mean? That, he, uh, he does that he just, frequently. He, he just purchased the shares and didn't disclose the change to his assets? I have to look at what the disclosure form was, but the SEC, it, and not that they have any teeth, he's done this multiple times, but he's been in trouble before with the SEC for pumping up something and then buying the stock and not disclosing any of the information until after he's bought it. Well, and so a lot of people have, have speculated on um, Musk's motives for purchasing into Twitter. Um, apparently, he spent something north of like $3 billion to get or a, a, uh, <laughs> or to get or $100 a soon. Sorry, no, but under ours, you and me, sure. But yeah, yeah. Um, he spent he spent north of three billion dollars to get a ten, almost a ten percent share of the company. Um, that's the, he's now the largest shareholder in Twitter, and that's some strutting around with money. Um, it's unlikely he's going to ever have his account spammed for any uh, for any 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 amount of time. Um, why do you think he purchased in though? I mean, like, why make why bite take such a big bite? Uh, because really it's pocket change for him and really is equivalent to probably even having spent maybe $500. Um, Elon Musk has been on Twitter for a long time. I should preface this with this. I am not a fan of Elon Musk. I used to be, but you know, his, his companies have been cited for massive issues with discrimination, sexual harassment issues they've known about a long time and they didn't do anything about. He's been, he was successfully fined for $170 million for trying to use tweets to intimidate workers who wanted to unionize so you know overall he doesn't have a very good track record um, of of running companies when it comes to treating workers well or to um, handling issues inside them but anyway um but so i just want to preface that before i say anything <laughs> but um there could be two reasons from what i've read and from what i know about elon musk and that is one he's just petty and he doesn't like that twitter doesn't do absolute uh, free speech. Well, Elon Musk a, doesn't do absolute free speech. He's gone after. He's fired people for yeah. speaking out, um, for for yeah. for for, for uh, saying things that he disagreed with, and he's tried to have um, people on Twitter banned for talking about him. He has, and he's uh, he says he's a free speech absolutist. But let's let's be honest here. There are platforms for that. There's Getter. There's Gab. There's 4chan. There's 8chan. There's Telegram. There's Oh, I think I'm just there. nobody over there, and, and anyone who is there well, doesn't care because there's nobody to yell at. It's like an echo chamber. Exactly. That seems to be the theory on why they want to take over Twitter for that kind of speech. Because you can go with the dregs of society and say anything you want on any of those other channels. Um, there's also the dregs of society in all those channels because you can say whatever you want, and it gets pretty ugly there. If you go to like 4chan, you might want to. Um, okay. Cleanse your computer after you're done. It's well, pretty, speaking of drinks of society, something that really annoys me is I, I was active on Twitter a long time ago, and I left it because it became. Um, have they used the word toxic in Wordle yet? They should. It became. They toxic. did. Did they? I think they, I think they well, did. Well, it's a perfect, a perfect word describing Twitter, um, or at least it was at one time. And I know Twitter has taken moves to try to. Um, Tame the environment, um, and I'm I'm sure that the uh, the absence of Russian bots has made a made an enormous difference. But seeing Elon Musk come in and saying we got to have absolute free speech, knowing many of the positions that he himself backs politically, um, worries me. Me too. I mean, let's be honest. He backed white supremacists behind the astroturf fake trucker movement in Canada, which I'm sure you know everything about. Um, you know that wasn't really truckers that was started by two white nationalists so he he, he backs things like that uh, so that is very concerning in addition um his his political beliefs do tend to to 
lean towards, I don't even know if they lean towards a definite definition of like libertarian or right or anything like that. I just think uh, he leans towards just not good things. <laughs> he supports a lot of not good things. And so it is concerning. And the other thing too is it wouldn't matter if he was just a shareholder because at 9%, he's still not a majority shareholder. He still has to put things through the shareholders to get anything you know, approved or acted on in the company. Well, but but I, I don't need to totally interrupt, but it does matter in one way. Uh, shortly after becoming the largest shareholder in the company, he also acquired a board seat. Well, you just interrupted what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, he, was, uh, he was put on the board the same day that he announced the Twitter share buy. And I was really disappointed. To, I don't know the new CEO. I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of good things that make me confident in him. But uh, I, I was surprised that Jack came on board publicly and supported it because one, it put, took Jack from the top shareholder down and um, it really probably nullifies his voice on anything. But the fact that he knows who Musk is, it's like the old tale where the frog takes a scorpion across the water and the scorpion stings it on the way. That's sort of Twitter and Elon Musk right now. And the other thing that they announced was um, an edit button, which by the way, Let's just be real clear here. There already is one. It's called copy, delete your post, edit, repost. It takes five seconds. Well, yeah, but this, can, doesn't, won't this allow you to edit a historic post, like something you well, posted three years it, ago that said something awful? Boom, I've edited it. No more problem. Well, the thing is, we don't know how they're going to implement it, but they already have Twitter Blue, which you can pay $4 a month for and recall your posts Why? for you know typos and stuff. Um, but it, just, it removes all engagement. Which it should, because if you're changing your tweet, then it needs to remove engagement. The thing is, they said the edit button won't do that. So if you posted, I love puppies, and 50,000 people share, like, comment in bed, which makes it really complicated, uh, then they change it to, I love Putin, all those people would have looked like they liked Putin. And so the, the ramifications are massive. It'll cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars to implement this. They're going to try it first on Twitter Blue, which means they're going to make it a pay point. But it's really just, in my opinion, as someone who's loved Twitter for a very long time, it's just really going to be the end of Twitter. Because one of the things of Twitter is the integrity of the, the post. Once it's posted, that is the post. It can't be changed. Once it's screenshot, it's not going to change after the screenshot. Once you put it in an article on a breaking news story, it doesn't change. And some people are like, well, if they only give them five minutes, it doesn't matter. So if, if a news company has a breaking story and they go grab the tweet and then five minutes later it changes, it's still changed, right? So it destroys the integrity of Twitter and it's not necessary because literally you can copy and paste and just repost you know, or, I, get, I, or get Twitter blue. I, yeah. Ironically, um, before he made the purchase, um, Musk had said something to the effect of maybe we need a new social media platform in that threatening, in that threatening, um, uh, uh, uh multi-billionaire sort of voice where they have that high-pitched maniacal laugh afterwards sort of way. Yeah. Um, and he's now taken moves to um, alter Twitter in such a way that many Twitter users seem to be, you know, you know opposed to. Uh, as you said, three, $3 billion is literally chump change to a guy who's got over $200 billion and is, is widely recognized as the richest, richest person on earth. Um, perhaps Trump change to destroy a platform that he doesn't like is uh, worth it to him. Well, it's what Peter Thiel did to Gawker. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. Peter Thiel uh, funded Hulk Hogan's um, 
uh, a defamation suit against Gawker and uh, b- effectively bankrupting them. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So it, it speaks to a whole other thing, which would be on a political show, not this one, of having so much wealth that you can just have a grudge against something as massive as a social media platform and get on the board and try to destroy it. But I don't know that he's I don't know that he's trying to destroy it as much as he's decided it should be like Gab, 8chan, 4chan, where there's no moderation, no um, nothing you can't say on there. And the problem with that, in addition to uh, the problems of that, like criminal activity, is that um, there is a massive fake account bot issue that you referred to. So the, the, the team that's working on the Ukraine disinformation, they've deleted 77,000 accounts in the last three weeks. Was that that are pushing, well, for fake information on Ukraine alone, that's it. Sure. So sure. When, when you say everything got toxic... Most of the toxicity has been fake accounts and bots, which Twitter rarely acknowledges. They'll acknowledge the bots, but they don't acknowledge the fake account platforms. And so those are people actually paid for, usually by Russia, or in the case of the last election, um, Trump's social media man- manager stated that they paid a bunch of teenagers to go on there and try to change people's minds. Uh, they, they go in there and just attack people. That's their whole goal is to silence you or ratio you. If you don't know what ratio, it means if you get a lot of people coming in at you, um, Twitter suppresses your post. So uh, the fact that they have um, uh, this problem, um, if you had a, pro- a, a platform that had no moderation and everyone could just say what they wanted to say, it would just become the most weaponized platform on the face of the planet. Of course, it would kill it too. It would be very short term where everybody who likes Twitter and bears with the issues would walk away because there would be nobody moderating the issues anymore. So my guess is he is part of this is his pettiness that he uh, he wants to have a platform where people would just say anything. Second, he decided not to build one because that's hard. So let's just you know buy one, threaten Twitter with, oh, we might build a platform. How about I do this? I'll buy a share and then you put me on the board kind of thing is what I think happened. Well, for uh, for an absolute free speechist, I uh, I would uh, I'm I'm really curious how long that kid, you know, the one who uh, publishes uh, uh, Elon Musk flight information. I wonder how long he's going to have a, a Twitter account for. No, that's true. I mean, the, it is very so. true. I, he does now have the ability to say anything he wants without it being um, moderated. It's not like they're going to moderate the guy that they put on the board and owns 9.2% of the stock value, right? Nope. So it, it's, it's actually a problem for free speech. Because oh, now absolutely. the free, free speech the is being, being controlled by one man. Yeah, in the, in, in the long run. Um, there's, 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 there's a, a dictate called the paradox of intolerance, or the paradox of tolerance. If you tolerate intolerance, that intolerance will eventually... Um, become powerful enough to limit the amount of tolerance. Um, so you have to intolerate intolerance. The simple. Very, very true. I like how you said that. Um, and, we and should probably move on oh, this story for so long. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a big story because... It you know, really is. Twitter isn't just a social media platform. It's where you know a lot of the information gets first put out for politics, for medicine, for pandemic. Mm-hmm for governments. So um, the fact that Elon Musk decided he's the one who should control how that runs based on his belief system is, is a pretty serious issue. And, and, and I know their Elon Musk fans will be very upset at all my, my criticism, but if you really think about it, no, whoever it is, one person should not control 
how how a platform with that much power runs. Well, so. you could say that, but then we then we look at um, Facebook's um, counterpart, much 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 larger counterpart. I'm sorry, Twitter's a much larger counterpart. Facebook. Oh yeah, well that's bad too. <laughs> and in, in 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 Facebook, we seemingly have the uh, Boy King CEO Mark Zuckerberg um, making. Um, either making decisions or um, approving or disapproving of decisions that others make um, in a very, um, how to say this uh, succinctly, um, very um, Facebook-focused sort of way. For instance, Facebook is about to introduce a uh, service in, um, for businesses, cafes, laundromats, anywhere that you get public gathering called uh, Facebook Wi-Fi. And uh, you, you, you saw you, you saw this when you logged in this morning, didn't you? Um, the, the notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so through your Facebook account, instead of having to um, get the uh, Wi-Fi password of the um, cafe that you're in, you'll just be able to log in through a click of a button, uh, Facebook account, and you give um, the cafe's router um, access to your information, which I guess gives... Um, Facebook and possibly the cafe itself access to you and your friends information. That's a pretty stunning development. You know, I have to give them as much as I hate to give credit. It's like when I go to DEF CON for anyone who doesn't know. Evil brilliance. Yes, because I'll sit in a DEF CON presentation and they're like, we use the printer firmware update to take central control of the entire network. And that's available for 80% of countries online. (laughs) Yeah. Computers online. You're like, Oh, it's brilliant, but it's so freaking evil. So the um, same thing. Uh, this is a way to get around the cookie issue. Uh, but even more so, they'll be able to follow you. Go to like your local cafe. You don't know that they have this implemented because from what I can see, you're just giving them the Wi-Fi information so they can latch on to it. And then as you surf, they know where you surf. They know where you're located. You know when you leave. They know when you, you sign on. So all that information now is available for ad targeting. So they no longer maybe can advertise ad targeting based on, you know, all these characteristics they had, which include like, are you having a baby in the next year? Because they could predict that pretty well. But now they're going to be able to do it based on where you're located, what Wi-Fi you use. You go from your coffee store to your auto repair shop. You get on the Wi-Fi there. Then you go, you know, down to the grocery store and you sign into the Wi-Fi there. Now they know everywhere you've been and they know how long you've been there, at least how long you're on the Wi-Fi. Usually you stay on the whole time. Uh, and don't so forget, that while you're on the Wi-Fi, ads. you're doing yeah. stuff. Oh, that's what you're I mean. Messaging yes. on Facebook, you're going to yes. different pages, and all that stuff yes. gets recorded too, eh? Yeah, and they can follow. Like, oh, for people who don't know who are listening, they already follow you wherever you go online, and they even follow people who don't have Facebook accounts. I've never really figured out how that works, but um, but yeah, they'll follow where you what you visit online while you're at those locations, and then when they sell ad targeting, they'll be like. These accounts that visited your place, actually, they know how long you were there. They know what you were surfing while you were there, so they can target them very specifically. And if nothing else, it should at least be given, users should be told this when they sign into the Wi-Fi. But I have a feeling that's not what's going to happen, though. I, I don't know that. I haven't had a chance to review it enough. Oh, there'll be, a, you know what, there will be. I bet you any money there'll be a 20-page um, a long legal um please click this button before using our Wi-Fi oh, yeah. um, warning. That spells exactly what they're doing with your information. The thing is, you ain't going to read it. Yeah, that's very, very true. They, I mean, they did something similar with their beacons. 
like their beacons would know you were there, but this is still different because they're following what you're looking at while you're at the cafe. I mean, that's, it's just not, it's not okay. And it's just a way to get around the cookie laws that are coming to protect privacy of individuals. And now they found a way to even be worse about Indeed, the privacy. Like- Listeners will remember last week we had on um, Alan Connect from Connectology talking about GA4 and then Google Analytics 4 and the reasons that we're moving pa- through past a, uh, a cookie on every computer experience into a much more general and sometimes eerily specific um, analytic experience. And um, now we know how Facebook's going to keep on gathering info <laughs> eh? or one of the ways Facebook will keep on gathering info. I don't know if it's only in the U.S. because I can't imagine this will get past EU regulators. I mean, um, EU regulators don't like Google and um, Google fonts because they report an IP address back. So I don't know how they're going to handle you going to a store and signing in on a Wi-Fi and being followed the whole time you're there. I didn't know that about the EU regulators at Google fonts. My goodness, yeah, thank you for I telling me that. You. Oh, Maybe wow. It. Yet another Maybe thing it. to put in the report about why you shouldn't use those damn fonts. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. Um, just to backtrack for one moment, uh, I, I, I started the internet when there was no special fonts. You don't need special fonts 99% of the time. You should not use them. <laughs> There's such a horrible load on your page load and page speed. But I yes, know. And um, also, just for what it's worth, you spend so much time arguing with either the developer or the site owner about it. And like, um, it, it, just costs, it just costs so much money. <laughs> so much money. It's stupid. <laughs> Well, yeah, and the thing is, like, literally on most of every audit I do, one of the worst offenders of page speed issues are Google fonts. Yep. Because of the time it takes to load or, or how long it takes to it's do got the handshake. back and forth to Google server. Yeah, yeah. Really, anybody listening, use system fonts. You can use them for everything. Very few sites need a specialized font for anything. And your users don't care. They're not there they for don't. pretty letters. They're there for the no. information. Exactly. But back on to what you were saying. The, the, yeah, if um, you have to spend this much money using stupid fonts, you might use Zuckbucks. <laughs> you won't, actually, because... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. 
Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. It's not going to be successful. Okay, that, that was my way of throwing a stupid segue <laughs> in. Um, so we just talked about, about Facebook Wi-Fi. Uh, another thing that, that, that Facebook is introducing, and this, this blows my mind because it's, it's just dumb, is the concept of Zuckbucks. Much like um, that Robux, that children's video game currency, um, stuff you can use to buy enhancements or experiences, or perhaps advertising. Well, what do you think of this, this whole Zuckbuck thing? Well, I haven't read an in-depth article on it yet. It just came out as a breaking news story today, and so I don't have all the details. But, I mean, if it works for a kid's game, fine. But it's all about his metaverse, which, I mean, it hasn't received any positive reviews from any serious people in the tech world, and people have really bashed it. Plus, we don't have the computer processing power yet to really handle something like a metaverse. So I just think it's another way for him to try to make money. Uh, the good thing is he's moving away from creating his own crypto coin. Uh, at least that's going away. He's still doing NFTs, which, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, NFTs are air. You don't own anything. They're not good. But, <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, with, with Facebook, uh, he's just trying to make more money. You know, the, the thing about Zuck, a lot of, actually, a lot of people who run massive companies, he didn't, he didn't come up with the idea of Facebook. You know, he's not a, he's not a creator. And now he's at a point in Facebook's history where he has to be an innovator and he's not an innovator. So he's failing on trying to do this metaverse innovation. And this is just his latest thing on trying to just make money off of it. It's my opinion. Well, here's the thing. The metaverse is going to happen. Whether Facebook runs it or somebody else runs it or it's decentralized or what, a three-dimensional representation of the web is going to happen. It's going to happen because because it's cool and we can do it. I don't know. Second Life has been there. Actually, no, according to what I've read about. You can't walk around Second Life with a pair of like uh, uh, VR goggles on and feel like you're actually there. You got to play it like it's on a monitor. Well, the the thing is, though, I have read from several people who analyze the web itself, the internet itself, um, that we absolutely do not have the processing power to handle a, a lot uh, in you know, virtual universe. Well, that online. I agree with you. I agree with you absolutely. And and but it, ima- and imagine if half the crypto mines went down, though. <laughs> there's, there's some processing power for you. Yeah, no, but they, but they really say that we don't actually physically have the chips and stuff to handle it. We don't literally have the processing power to do an online um, virtual internet. So, I mean, there might be pieces here and there that are created, but this was someone who was analyzing the metaverse concept, and I wish I could remember the article. I read it like four or five months ago. Well, that but, makes sense. That, that yeah, does make sense, although I expect it will happen eventually. Eventually, um, but... It's I, just, I think it's highly unlikely it won't, and whoever controls the currency controls the world. I mean, this is like um, uh, 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 Ready Player One. Well, we're going through a whole thing about currency right now, but I have a feeling that uh, crypto is really kind of past its peak and um, it's not a good system anyways for massive transactions. So maybe companies having their own currency online would be a thing, but I just think eventually it's just going to resolve back to um, whatever currency your country's in. Well, and that's the weird thing. We've, 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 we've seen digital currencies um, that, that weren't cryptos. I mean, this is like you, you trade a buck, you get a token kind of currency. 
Um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg tried one in the uh, late '90s called Flutes. There's <laughs> been and then and then it failed. I mean, it was a, it was a really innovative idea for its time that was backed by um, hot air and good wishes. You know, there was there's no economic foundation to buy a token when a dollar is a greenback is still the very best economic token on the earth, right? Right. Um, so I, I'm in my my banker accepts Canadian loonies, which are traded against the American greenback. Um, it's not traded against a Zuckbuck or um, uh, Bitcoin. Um, it's traded against the, the gross domestic product of the United States of America. Makes a lot more sense, is what I'm saying. And also, yeah, it's hard, it to, it's hard to launder a greenback where it's easy to launder a cyber currency. Plus the thefts. There's another $600 million theft this week. And I've been, that's been going on for long before most people are aware of crypto. I've been going to DEF CON for, gosh, I think 10 years or more. And every year there's a session on uh, crypto losses and how to rob crypto. So it's, it's not backed by anything, right? So if it's robbed, there's really, unless they can figure out who did it and charge them, which is really difficult, you're never getting your money back. You know, it's not like backed by, if my bank gets robbed, the FDIC here in the United States, you know, they pay the bank the money back, but they're not, you know, but they don't do that with crypto. In fact, if you lose your password, you can't even get your money back. Well, indeed, Pro- probably yeah. my best, my, my favorite dystopian crypto story is the one of Gerald Cotton, the uh, Canadian entrepreneur who opened one of the largest crypto wallets in the world and then died as the only one who knew the password. Oh, my gosh. Hundreds of millions of dollars of, uh, of real money that converted to crypto, of real money, could just gone. Well, it's still somewhere, but the password died with Mr. Cotton. Yeah, yeah, and and outside of him, there's $2 billion in regular crypto wallets that will never be recovered because they lost their passwords. Phenomenal. Just phenomenal. (laughs) Exactly. So that's, that's, those are things that are going to get worked out over time. And you know what, that's, that's. It's fun to end a social media segment on the show with talk about crypto because it's just so screwy. The whole <laughs> world is just so screwy. It's just fitting to end it with a talk on crypto. Um, <laughs> people who are interested in SEO stuff, rejoice. The rest of this is all SEO, except for one. <laughs> and I'm going um, to jump that one right now. Um, a quick thanks to the guys at the Wayback Machine. How often has um, archive.org saved your bacon? In your, oh. in, in your work as an SEO? So many times. So, many so times. you owe That's them. You already owe them a debt of gratitude, right? I do, yes. Well, here's and I another contribute. one. Good on you. Good for you. Good for you. Here's another one you owe them for. Um, and, and all of us owe them for. Um, the Wayback Machine, the archive.org, is on a special mission right now to archive all of the Ukrainian internet. That's awesome. Yeah, so much information, so many memories, so many people's stories that um, that need to be remembered, deserve to be remembered. Um, yeah. And uh, so just a shout out to archive.org, to the folks at the Wayback Machine. Um, thanks for doing that. That's really great. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful thing that they're doing. Okay, so this was, the I think, the big fun story from Google this week was um, just came out yesterday. Um Content that was created by AI is going to go against the Google guidelines. Which is funny because they said just a month ago that it did not, a month and a half ago. 
Well, yeah. which, I, which I imagine like sparked. Whole, could you imagine the arms race that's going to happen if they like endorse? Um, if they endorse obvious AI created content, because here's, here's I don't know how they're going to know. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, there is a way they can possibly know. But I did ask just like a month and a half ago about maybe. Two months no, no, ago, I remember. About, I remember about this. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they said absolutely no problem with it because they do it right. Their their mum results like for COVID nineteen at the top of the page for the last year or so have all been mum created. You know, they create. Um, they can create descriptions. They can create summaries. They can create snippets. They don't do that all yet, but that's coming. So it's kind of funny that now they've decided that you can't have it, but they can. Well, again, could you imagine the immediate arms race that would take place? You know, you get get a little bit of Dixon Jones ingenuity, um, some some insight, uh, moderating the creation of content, um, and then you just start making connections. Um, you could create an incredibly powerful tool that would wonk the content race. Well, the thing is, uh, there are, and I won't say any names if you know some of the companies that are doing this, uh, have been creating AI descriptions like for um, travel sites, right? Because mm. who wants to write 100,000 hotel volume for sure. Yeah. And then also, I don't know how they're going to handle Reuters because Reuters has been very public that a lot of their basic articles are AI written. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to work for some of the news sites that have already been public about using AI. And this is not recent. This is several years ago. Well, that that's what, I mean, Reuters doesn't get the BMW treatment, aren't they? You can't, if, if, if the query is about BMW cars, no matter how often BMW cheats at, uh, at, at cloaking or whatever guideline they, they broke, there's still BMW. You've got to show that result. You do, but you don't have to give them real placement. Remember, BMW did fall out for a little while, and then Matt used it as an example. Well, indeed, yeah. So, that's that's yeah. why we go back to it all the time. They fell out yeah. for, I think, 24 hours yeah, until, very the little world, while. <laughs> until the world grasped their hair and went, hold it, that's BMW. We were looking there, for them. There are certain, there are certain sites. I, I, don't need, I don't want to give the impression like Google has a list and this site stays in the index no matter what they do. That's not true. There have been big sites well, that have fallen. No, but, but again, there's ones that you just can't but, replace. Right, exactly. So like I was in a conference once with a person from Walmart was asking why none of their televisions would ring. Because Google did hit them on like some things, but Google still showed Walmart, you know. So, but yeah, there's some things that are expected to be in the index, and they're going to be there because otherwise, people would think Google is horrible. You know, if they're not there, if Reuters isn't there, suddenly Google, people well, be like, "What's wrong with Google?" Reuters so. is is the world's largest news gathering organization. Period. It is. I just wonder how they're going to handle it, since they the reason they handle everything with algorithms is so they can't be um, charged with bias, right? So. Um, that they're not hand-picking who gets shown and who doesn't. Um, so it will be interesting, like, how are you going to do that? And a lot of people are thinking, oh, they can't tell. It's AI-generated. Well, there is well, a again, tool. Well, that, again, that definitely begs the question, how could they tell? There is a tool. I've, I gave it in a presentation about two years ago um, that was put together by uh, IBM, MIT, and Harvard. So not, not really dumb people. Uh, to detect AI content because AI can't make up new words. It can't make up new sentence structures. It can't alter from what it understands already, right? It doesn't think, it just generates. So they say they can detect most AI content. And back then, two years ago, I think it was when I put it in my presentation, or maybe three years ago, 
ago. The pandemic time always messes with my brain. It's probably three years ago because I wasn't anywhere two years ago. Mm. Um, you were doing a ago. presentation, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, two years ago, I already had COVID, so definitely not. Um, but three three years ago, probably, um, I was yeah. doing the presentation. Ergo, it was the old times. It was the old times. It's times before the pandemic. And I did test it on some AI content that I knew was AI because people were, you know, demonstrating their products. And it did detect the AI content. So the so I, I'm going to try to run some tests myself and find AI content and put it in the tool and see how well it does detect it. But people in SEO shouldn't be thinking, oh, how could Google detect it? Because if three years ago, MIT, IBM, Watson Lab, and Harvard, NLP Lab, had a way to detect AI content, I'm sure Google's you know, got something similar or much better at this point, given the massive money they put into AI research. Well, so, it, could, it could also be back-argued that uh, over the last few years, the uh, quality of content from artificial, from AI sources has, has improved as the AI itself has improved. I'm sure it has, but I still think that MIT, Watson, Harvard, NLP probably have kept up with the changes. Uh, so there's, very, very, very likely. It's good. That'll yeah. be interesting moving forward because um, like, 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 like you said, with the meta descriptions, although again, I know Google probably doesn't care that much about the meta descriptions. They really care about body content. No, I mean hotel um, descriptions in the body. I know there are some companies that have used AI to generate your description well, that you read when you book a hotel, but why not, right? Because who wants to have, write 100,000 hotel descriptions? Indeed. Um, in, indeed, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> um, actually, actually, I could imagine, and that's why I'm joking about it. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens with that. That's, 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 that's something that's definitely worth, worth watching over, uh, over time. Um, it is, it reminded just, me. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, well, sorry, it just reminded me of this great segue into the next one. And this is this is one that I think is kind of close to your heart. Okay, Google doesn't really care who produces the content, provided it's good content, good quality content that matches the query and gives define or you know, citable facts. Well, they don't check facts either, but I know what you're saying. You're writing good content that it's written well. Yes. Actually, Google has said they don't use things like author or bios, except in news. In news, you have to have a bio, but it does. they don't check the bio. Um, since the whole thing came up three years ago. So it is nice to see it being reaffirmed just as basically we don't care who writes the content because a lot of people pay a lot of money to hire expert authors that Google doesn't look at. Google doesn't know your author is an expert. Now, there is one caveat to this, and it's mentioned briefly in that article um, about knowing who an author is, and that's different. So somebody in the group was saying, oh, they definitely check who authors are. We had this guy who spoke in front of Congress. He's had 10 bestsellers. He's been cited by all these journals. He's been a professor at this university, and our content ranked better. Well, maybe he's just a very good writer. Well, yeah, but also Google does know author entities. No, right? indeed. Mm -hmm. so, so, so my point of that being is people mistake that for being Google looking at author expertise and they're not, but they, if someone's really famous as a writer, you know, if you had Stephen King, you know, write something on your blog about horror, um, you know, that you're not going to get better rankings because they know Stephen King by the name there wrote this article, but Stephen King is associated with these other entities. So you're going to get more exposure, more visibility because the entities are associated, associated with each other in search. Okay. The entities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Blow is definitely an expert in um, 
in in the subject of X Y Z. Google knows that certainly, and they can they can make that they can that that entity comes up whenever this is being talked about. So there's right. a definite relation. But I'm going to postulate another thing. Um, be, beyond entity recognition and 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 matching up, um, it's very possible that somebody who's written about this topic their entire life knows what they're writing about and writes good content, and that's what's getting ranked. Just very, very good content. Yes, that is what's getting ranked. I don't want it to be confused anyway with the no, just because people, because like like you said, again, yeah. it annoys me so much when people spend so much money on like the 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 absolute expert in this field. You don't need to spend that kind of money, but it is very possible that the absolute expert will provide the absolute expert advice. That's very true. I mean, you don't want to blog if you're writing about medical stuff. You don't want a blogger also run, talks about fashion and makeup unless they have some sort of educational history in medical stuff. But um, when it comes, so if you're going to hire someone to do medical writing, you're going to hire maybe a medical writer, but they don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to pay $200 a page because they're a cited published, you know, author of journal, journal articles at, you know, NIH. Um, you, all, you don't have to be a doctor. They don't have to be a nurse. They just have to know how to write properly about the topic. And, and Google can tell you're writing properly about the topic by comparing many, many, many articles about topics and are you writing similarly they do in featured snippets it's the only place this is used i don't want anybody to think it's used anywhere else and they do do consensus so when they pull a featured snippet if you're talking about uh if the sky is everyone says the sky is blue and you're saying the sky is actually green orange and uh, black you're not going to get a featured snippet because google's not going to break the consensus for the featured snippet but that being said, they don't use that in regular writing. So you just have to write well, and you have to write well about the topic. Uh, and and it, it does really kind of bother me. And authors with reputations, because that's not what Google means by expertise. Uh, they even say that in the quality raters guide, which is not an SEO guide, it's a guide for quality raters, but it still says that in there. Uh, but because you and I both have seen sites destroy themselves by not focusing on what they should be focusing on and focusing on hiring expert writers. And so the site doesn't do any better because Google doesn't evaluate that. And meanwhile, all the things they needed to fix, they don't fix because Google does evaluate those other things and they don't fix them. And then the site loses traffic and visibility. And then they don't know why, because they hired all these expert writers. Okay, so for site owners um, and for SEOs who are trying to, you know, give advice to site owners this can get really confusing you want to do the right thing you want to uh, do the efforts that are going to get you the best benefit with the least amount of energy thrown into it be that energy money or resources or time or whatever because resources are always limited so good writing is is paramount like like the sentence has to make sense and it has to express um the facts about the topic at hand. But here's a hint. This is, this is such an easy and important hint. People come to your website um, through Google by making search queries or asking a question. They want to know something. You may or may not know what your clients actually want to know about you, but Google is telling you, telling you straight up using Google Search Console, you can tell exactly what your what your site visitors have wanted to know and why they came to your site. Um, you, you must do this in Search Console. You go to like uh, performance, pull up search, uh, 
pull up the search metrics around performance, then you toggle between page and query, page and query, and you can single in on a page and see all the queries that were asked for it. Oh, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the point, I was hoping you were just going to say yes, so I could say right, right yes, to so. that. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, That's true. what people want to know. That's why they're coming to your website. And um, if you're ever looking for something to get somebody to write about, Google is telling you why people want to know about you. Use that as topic guidelines. Write well to that. And um, don't worry. Don't worry about a lot. Just do it well and give good information. Yes, good information and well-written content is really what it's about. You don't need to pay a doctor to write an article. You just have to pay someone who writes really well about medical stuff. So. And, and that's, what, that's how you get good content. There's a bunch exactly. of stuff you got to do around that content. There's things you need to do to promote it, to frame it, to present it to the public. One of them, if you're, say, a retail store or you have a local audience, would be Google My Business. Oh, except it's not Google My Business anymore. Now it's Google Business Listings, because and it's this is really important. If you're using the Google My Business app on your cell phone, you're not going to be using it much longer because it's about to be discontinued. Go to um, just pulling this up so I make sure I got it right. Um, go to uh, Google Business Profiles and um, download the new app. It's uh, good in uh, uh, in iOS or Android, um, but uh, uh, the old one, Google My Business, is 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 is, is being replaced, and um, I think it's called Google Maps and Search. Yeah, start using Google Maps and Search. Uh, to keep that's actually a better business. name. Sorry, it kind of says what it does, right? <laughs> oh, such a pedantic name, though. Well, look, I'm like, uh, Google My Business. Google My Business. That was that was worse. <laughs> Google Maps and Search. <laughs> Just funny. Google yeah. My Business sounded like like something the Smurfs would say. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, I, I, sometimes I think of the Googleplex, and they they use the word Google in in in, in, in the place that the Smurfs would use the word Smurf, and that's that's <laughs> what I what I see at Google Marketing. But but at least Google My Business is like my business app. Here I open up my business app. This is, this looks like, it sounds like a developer named it in the original mockups, and just no one ever changed it. Now, sorry, I'm there's not. A, no, it's all I good. My, you know I what? Had make my shot two days ago, and I'm still a little loopy. <laughs> Make fun of Google marketing, for goodness sake. It's the only way they're going to learn. Google Maps and Search. <laughs> um, not much has changed in the application itself, but the application itself is changing. So if you're reliant on Google My Business and you're always in there uh, fiddling, fiddling with your, um, your listing, get the new app or um, else. <laughs> Basically, or else. Because <laughs> the old one ain't going to be there much longer. Um, what else do we have? I think I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, we've, we've walked through almost everything I've had. Here's a fun one. You use data studio, uh, increasingly, eh? No, actually I don't. I need to get oh, back Christine. into it. Oh, Christine. Oh my when goodness. It, first, it is so it, much fun. No, when it first came out, it was so easy to use and then they changed and it was so ridiculously complex that I just didn't use it. So I understand uh, it's better now and I need to go back and I will. So it's pretty intuitive. My, my list. And yeah. It thing, wasn't for a while. It wasn't. It was very bad for a while. The thing I'm loving about Data Studio is how it saves so much report preparation time. 
um, I would spend so much time making reports for, for clients. And now I just give them each a dashboard. And, um, oh, yeah. and instead of making reports, we just walk through their dashboard. Um, you could change them quite easily. If, uh, if new metrics need to come along, it's easy to add. And a cool thing is Google is now um, providing templates to help you um, keep order of the data that comes out of Data Studio. For instance, um, if you go to, um, uh, I think it's Search Engine, uh, Search Engine Journal today. Um, I'm sorry, I'm missing the author's name on my, on my notes here, but there's a link that gets you to a bubble chart that helps you understand the efficacy of uh, different keyword queries, phrases, and uh, targets that you, that, 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 that you might be going after. Um, this, this bubble chart shows you the uh, uh, difference between uh, impressions and actual clicks that you're getting, um, but it, and you can see that in, in raw numbers in Google Search Console and in, 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 in uh, output from Data Studio, but the way this chart arranges itself, um, it just makes it much easier for the client to understand what you're trying to describe to them. What, do you, what does this really show? It looks like a paint splatter. <laughs> Um, again, the, uh, the, the, the example that, that, that I saw, um, with, 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 with showed it is a, unfair. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. So it is a little unfair, the question, because it's in front of me, but uh, yeah, I know it's, it's showing it's like, I guess, clicks versus impressions. So well, yeah, but not just clicks versus impressions, but the, the, uh, 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 average behaviors around the, uh, the clicks versus impressions based on the, um, the, the 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 keyword query associated with the uh, with 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 what's being analyzed. Gotcha. And again, I I often present like these great charts and stuff, um, thinking that you know just just look the numbers just jump off the page at you. But here's the thing: the numbers jump off the page of people who know what they're looking for. They don't necessarily jump off the page of clients. I think, in fact, clients get overwhelmed when we give them so much information in raw, like you know, in chart form. You go to export your data from Google. Google gives you a really nice, a really nice chart you can follow. But you have to know how to follow the chart. It's like reading a train schedule. It's wonderful, yeah. you know, when the train train's supposed to arrive, but only if you know how to read the damn schedule. Yeah, like when we had maps that folded up and went in our glove compartment. Well, indeed, um, <laughs> and people who knew how to fold those maps could successfully put them back in the glove compartment. It, it was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I never um, mastered that technique. <laughs> I was always very, I was always really good at putting it back. Otherwise, you get the backhand, <laughs> dance backhand as you're driving along, mind, minding your own business. Um, <laughs> but uh, 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 I, I urge people who are using Data Studio to start messing around with some of the templates that Google is letting you work with, uh, giving you to work with. Um, not only will your reports look cooler. It's very likely your clients will have an easier time understanding them, which makes your job much easier moving forward. Not not you necessarily, Christine, but you in general. <laughs> but you well, too. If you're not using it, try it out. I do need to get back to it. Like I said, when it first came out, I loved it, and then there was a change, and the change was made it really difficult to use, and so I just stopped. So um, I'll go back and check it out again. I understand that it's gotten much better. Earlier this, or earlier this year, 
last year, you and I shared a client over the summertime. And um, these were really nice people, very smart. They understood their website. They, uh, they were fairly responsive, although not necessarily um, responsive in the way, not necessarily doing all the right things. But you, you know who I'm talking about, right? Oh, I do, yeah. I think one of the problems with this client is we weren't able to present information to them in a way that they could fully understand, wrap their heads around. Because it was just the, the amount, the sheer amount of data that we shared with them. Um, I don't think that we gave it to them in a way that they could wrap their head around. And that was the problem there. Data Studio it. helps with that. <laughs> Not only that, they can refer to it anytime they want to. And so um, I'm just finding this. It's, it's, it's cleared up so many, uh, so many problems, so many unnecessary problems. Well, and I think probably I haven't needed it as much because a lot of what I do is auditing based and uh, Sitebulb gives you a lot of that information already in mm -hmm. their, their output. So that I would need for a report. So like they tell you like keywords and, you know, where they ranked and stuff like that. So um, and then they correlate it with some other items that are necessary. Uh, if I was doing monthly day to day data studio would be much more important. Uh, I got I'm um Excuse me. I'm in the day-to-day -day club these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If I was doing day-to-day -day stuff, I would have probably gotten back on Data Studio a long time ago. But I've been doing a massive migration project in audits, so it hasn't really been needed as much. Hey, speaking of um, speaking of audits, um, Alan Blywhite is back in the game. Yes. He took a uh, a sabbatical for about six months. Um, and uh, I understand he's back doing audits again and taking new clients. He is, definitely. Well, yes, and he um, does. Although we, 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 in a very friendly way, compete against each other. Ellen is one of the people um, that I recommend uh, for clients um, if they're not going to use me. So. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Alan is, uh, I'd say Alan is one, of the, is one of those guys you call the SEO's SEO. Um, oh, yeah, he's definitely. He's the expert's expert. Um, anyway, I, I, I love seeing him back in the game again. Um, I do too. Alan's great. And Alan's a, a very, one of the, you know, when we started doing technical SEO, there weren't a lot of us. It was like me and Alan and Jenny Hayslis, if I just said her name right. <laughs> and uh, there were a lot of us. And so we all, we all had like a healthy competition, but also learned a lot off each other. And I always would go to Alan when I didn't know something. Yeah. Um, he, uh, well, the, the, the epic dinners and uh, oh, I, yeah. the, the world the world is a much more interesting and enlivened place when <laughs> Alan Blightwhite is around. <laughs> well, you know, and people might not know because of anyone new to the industry, I mean, we didn't have epic dinners, I don't think, right before the pandemic, so it had been probably four or five years. But if he, he, he was going to try to do another one when the pandemic hit. So if you ever see Alan offer an epic dinner, definitely attend. He gets sponsors to pay for a dinner at a conference. Everyone gets together, has a lovely time talking, hanging out, and uh, getting a really nice meal. And Alan puts it all together, and uh, he did it for many years. Um, at one, uh, I think he might have done it more than one conference. Um, I know he did do it at PubCon. But uh, it's just a really like, great event. So if you ever see Alan doing that, definitely sign up. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we have gone around full clock. We haven't yet said the name Barry Schwartz, so... Many of the stories today <laughs> came from uh, the, the keyboard of Barry Schwartz originally. His name's gotten yes. in. Excellent. Yes. Um, friends, you have been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM on the 7th of April, 2022. Before we go anywhere, I want to uh, mention that 
even though most of our jurisdictions have relaxed all the mandates, and even though everybody is damn sick of it, COVID is still very real, and case counts are climbing in many jurisdictions in North America. Where I live in Ontario, we are now seeing more hospitalizations than we were back in uh, December and January when uh, Omicron was 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 uh, running rampant uh, uh, through through this province. We're also seeing um, absenteeism from hospitals as nurses and doctors fall sick with COVID. This is crazy. <laughs> it's a preventable, I, 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 preventable disease. Can I add one thing to that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also make sure that you get your boosters because what isn't talked about very often is long COVID that comes out of COVID. I've had it for two years, but mine is considered not as severe as many. There are people whose lives are completely destroyed by long COVID. There's not good research. You don't just go to a doctor and get a pill and get fixed. And people can't can't walk, can't think, fix the brain. There's even brain damage that occurs. So and, not for everybody, this, but can. The, but if the you, maddening but, thing, Christine, is how preventable and how yes. easily avoidable COVID but, is if we all act in concert and cooperation with each other. And also if we get vaccinated, which... If, if you get if you get only two vaccines, you're not protected from long COVID. If you get a booster, it goes down dramatically, like something like 80% that Here's you could get long COVID. So Here's definitely you're, get you're vaccinated too. Get vaccinated. Absolutely get vaccinated. Yeah. You are definitely protected against the very worst outcomes. You're probably yes. not going to be hospitalized and you're probably not going to have a tube stuck down your throat. But you can still transmit it. Exactly. Keep wearing a mask. Keep, keep separating. If we do this, all of us do this, not half of us. All of us do this for four months. We will beat COVID, but we all need to do it. If not, we're just going to do the same stupid series of openings and closings, of restricting civil liberties, of destroying businesses and our, our society slowly degrading. It's just going to keep on happening like Groundhog Day. It doesn't got to be this way. Yeah, and Europe is all and separate. And in Europe is always the the precursor, and they are now experiencing dramatic. They absolutely are. So are we in Ontario, and so will you in America very soon if you aren't already. Exactly. Um, And it's it's just grim, repeatable math. But we could beat it. It just takes effort. So, friends, on that, please take the effort. I want our society back. I'm sick of talking about COVID. I'm oh, sick too. of wearing a mask, but I'm wearing it all the time because I don't want it to spread any further. Yeah. Okay, on that, get vaccinated, stay separate, rank well, do all the right things at your website, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your families, be kind to your clients. Stick around the network. We've got great content coming up, and we'll talk to you next week. Opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.